This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. I'm Larry Flick here on The Jolt, Sirius XMLQ, and it's a pleasure to welcome Ben McKenzie to our studio. It's good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you can see Ben McKenzie on uh, Gotham and the new season, Rise of the Villains. I love when they give a show uh, a different subtitle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of like, it's almost like reading like a series of books. Yes. I like this show a lot. Thank you. I know it's one of those shows that people tend to have very extreme <laughs> yes. opinions about. Yes, they do. Um, that's got to be tricky to navigate when you're it is. when you're an actor and you're feeling good about the work sure 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 i you know i i understand the extreme reactions i mean first of all at the moment we're sort of inundated with quote-unquote superhero shows so and movies and um and so there's there's a certain amount of overload i think that happens and then within the community the sort of fanboy fangirl community the people that really love superhero shows in general um, people have very strong opinions, and I understand why. Um, they frighten me, though. <laughs> Can I be honest with you, Ben? I respect them. Yes. I respect the power of this movement right. that we're in the middle of. Right. I don't always get it. You're right. I like this show very, very much. But Thanks. I think when people get a little too bent about where a character is going, right. I think, just ride. <laughs> yes. Just ride. It's gonna. There, there's a point. Yeah, yeah, and I think that um, uh, it is just a TV show. Uh, what I, what I think, one of the things that we are realizing as we go through it is that this is a, at least in our opinion, um, sort of a unique show. It, it isn't. It, it gets labeled a superhero show because there's sort of often no better way to describe it, but. Um, it's a curious superhero show if it's a superhero show as in there are no actual superheroes with superpowers in it. It's a show grounded in a in a reality that is not our own but is sort of slightly more enhanced than ours. Everything is a little bit darker and stranger and yeah. it's and it's sort of in the past but nobody modern f- mythology. Yeah, but nobody flies, nobody sees through walls or has superpowers. They're they're their own psychoses sort of um, sort of inform their personalities and whatever personal issues um, they're dealing with manifest themselves and how they as villains sort of, you know, wreak havoc on the city. But but they can't just sort of fly away if they want to. They have to build a uh, uh, an airplane if they want to fly. But don't you think that's what makes the show? I would imagine that's what makes the show a bit more fun for you as an actor. It's what makes the show a bit more fun for me as a viewer. Oh, good. I'm because glad I think sometimes the the extreme elements and edges of a character sometimes manifest visually on right. this show. Right. Um, as opposed to an, uh, a more traditional piece where it would be only in the dialogue. Yes. It's in the dialogue and it's in the direction. It's in the way the character character looks and mm-hmm. behaves and it to me it's 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 more of an exaggeration mm-hmm. than a comic book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um does that that's gonna be more fun to play i yes. would imagine but does that make it harder to exist does it make it harder for a show like gotham to survive in this 
black or white world, either you're a superhero show mm -hmm. or you are a drama. It does, I think. I think it does. I think it, um, I mean, we have the enormous benefit of sort of riding on the coattails of, of, of being a quote unquote Batman show. Right. So if you are a quote unquote Batman fan, then you are, you know, and I think some, we get a little pushback for that because people go, particularly fans of Batman go, but there isn't Batman in it. And you say, yeah, absolutely. And we didn't, we didn't say that it's a Batman show, but you are talking about the origins of Bruce Wayne and particularly Jim Gordon. That's our, that's our central focus on the series. And the reason that Jim is important in our telling of this mythology is that in our version, without Jim Gordon and who he is and the battles that he fights in Gotham, there would have, there would be, there would have been no Batman. He would not have had the the ability to instruct Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne would not have been able to look at Jim Gordon and see if you think of Jim as sort of a proto Batman Jim is a law enforcement official who himself suffered uh, a personal tragedy the loss of his father when he was young his father was a revered DA he comes back to Gotham City as an adult after serving in war to make things right to make the city better to clean it up but he is uh, uh, handcuffed by the fact that he's in law enforcement. He cannot become a vigilante. Bruce sees this man and sees his struggles and eventually will become a vigilante himself, uh, aided by the fact that he's a you know, multi-billionaire and he can create all these <laughs> wonderful toys. So we, we're, we're, we're telling a new story. It's a, it's a similar story, perhaps, than people that, that people have seen before, but it's new. And that that combined with the unique look of the show, which is anachronistic, which is it's in the past, but when is it in the past? We're not entirely sure. I it's, know I like that. It's cool, right? I mean, I like I, the I, I love I love the look of the show. What I love is that there's content to go with the style. Right. That's what we that's what we try to get in there. <laughs> try to cram a little content with our style, but but it is an ongoing uh, uh, process and. Um, one of the things that's so much fun about it, it is challenging, but one of the things that's so much fun about it is we can pull from different genres. So mm -hmm. so the show has, I think, many shades of, of a noir. It's very noirish in its construct, both the colors and the, the tone. It also has elements of a Western kind of. It's sort of, you know, Jim is kind of like a John Wayne walking into a bar full of bad guys and saddling up to the bar and ordering a whiskey and a beer back and saying, you know, come at me. Um and so it certainly requires the actors to kind of embrace that, not be afraid of that, not be afraid of being a little, you know, larger than life in your sure. performance. Um, but we, we have an amazing company of actors that are brilliant casting directors have assembled, and, and we're really finding our groove, I think, particularly in the second season. What was, what was the hardest part about the first season for you boy <laughs> um there were there were several it's hard to pick one um i would say the sort of the top couple are um uh what are we making is the hardest question to answer and it's particularly hard when you're making a show that like you said is is i think relatively unique it is not a csi procedural it is not uh, a modern day soap opera set in the world of whatever you want to call it. You know, nowadays you're usually a, um, a procedural or a soap of some kind, and it's not set in a hospital revolving around doctors who want to sleep with each other or, or set in a law firm where 
lawyers who want to sleep with each other or whatever it is. And a show like this is really big. It requires 300 people or so to work on it, if you include everyone from pre-production to post-production. And to tell those stories and imagine a world that is not ours from a production design standpoint is very challenging. I think where we lost ourselves a little in the first season is we became a little too procedural. We, we tried to establish a villain every week and catch that villain and confront that villain and send them off to Arkham. And this season and hopefully future seasons will be completely serialized. So it is, it is just the, the environment that we are in and the characters as they evolve and grow and change and interact. So it's much more of a sort of a sweeping saga than it is a, you know, cop crime of the week show. It's Ben McKenzie joining us here on The Jolt. Gotham, Rise of the Villains, uh, Monday night on Fox. Um, is there a point during the, I mean, what you described sounds like growing pains. Yeah. Is there a point during those growing pains where you start scratching at the exit door? Are you, thinking, are you thinking how did I get in this? No, no, no. I never thought that. I, I've always, you know, and I, I don't. I hate to, just hate to make it sound like I'm just being critical of the show because I, I love it and I'm very proud. I of hear, it. I hear what you're saying, which yeah. is that it's finding its feet. Yeah, I mean, what happens is it's funny. I was just doing another interview with one of your colleagues and um, over at EW Radio, and he was pointing out that, uh, rightly so, that the second year of any show is really the year. Because the first year, if you're lucky to survive it and get to the second, you have to make adjustments between the first and the second on every level. You have to adjust everything and go with what works and get rid of what doesn't. Right. You're finding your identity. Exactly. And and a good show finds its identity yeah. and hopefully has a nice long run after it. A show that uh, fails doesn't learn. And in fact, the, the seams show even more because they you realize at that point, oh, wait, the people that, that created the show don't even know what they're making, and, and the whole thing falls apart. We don't have that. We have a very, very strong show that I'm very proud of. Um, I was never clawing for the exit. I think that a show this, this sort of, with, with this, this many expectations because of the Batman thing, um, uh, the way that the, the sausage factory of it all means that the studio and the network executives, as well as the writers and producers and actors and everyone, Everyone is chiming in with all of their thoughts on how to do everything differently all Which the time. Me insane. And it drives you a little bit crazy. Now that we have been able to take a breath and all discuss amongst ourselves what worked and what didn't, we found we all agreed on what worked and what didn't. And we're only doing what works. <laughs> so it's all working out great this year. So how do you, yeah. Ben McKenzie, shut out all of that really obnoxious noise and actually give this character hmm. some meat on the bones because in order for you to really do what you were hired to do mm -hmm. you can't be walking around wondering about the lore of batman no. are we a procedural are we a serial you have to you have to give this dude yeah life yes and that's something that is very individual yes and requires quiet i would imagine it does for me yes so um, how do you do that when there's that much noise right stay off the internet smart <laughs> <laughs> uh, the internet is very loud it's not uh, uh literally and it, loud and it's but filled with 
douchebag. <laughs> I said it. You don't have you, to. You said it. Um, you know, you have to get back to first principles. What, what was in, what was actually very instructive for me was very early on in the process, right as I was cast, I went to Jeff Johns, who uh, runs DC Comics, and I reached out to him and I said, I need to know what I need to have read by the time I step on the set in terms of the, the backstory here. What, who is Gordon and how has he been portrayed in the comics so that my performance, you know, is, is at least, you know, um, um, thematically similar, resonant. And so he sent me a bunch of stuff, including uh, Year One, which I was already familiar with. I did the voice of Bruce Batman in an animated version of that. He sent me Gotham Central, a bunch of other things. We had lunch after I had read them, and I said, I don't get it. The, there is no young Gordon, Detective Gordon, isn't in these versions, or he isn't, in, and what is in there, we're contradicting in the, in the script. You know, or largely contradicting. There's no, there's no version of this story where Detective Gordon, as a rookie cop, meets Bruce Wayne at the scene of his parents' murder and says, "I'm going to solve the case." That, that never existed. So, what's going on? He said, "Well, yeah, yeah, of course. We every single generation of writers over the 75 years that this Batman stuff has been around have reinvented this story. They're, that's that's what it is. It's constantly." It, Superhero stories are American myths, I, I would argue. We yeah. don't have 500 years of history. We only have, we're really pop culturally, you know, sensitive. We care about things that have existed since mass media existed, and that's only since like the 1910s, 20s, 30s. So, um, I mean, we're sitting here doing a radio show, for God's sake, know. you know? So, yeah. so we all reinvent. We always reinvent. We're constantly reinventing. So he said, that's not what you have to do. You don't have to care. This stuff is not what you have to focus on. I'm glad you read it. I'm glad I sent it to you. You have to look at this character and be an actor. We cast you because we see in you something, personality-wise or, or whatever, that works for a guy who is, when we meet him, an ex-soldier, a rookie detective, and a moral guy, a guy who wants to do right. Play it. And that's, that's what I did. And that's what we've, all the conversations that I have with Bruno Heller and, and Jeff Johns and, you know, any of our producers, they're always about the story that we're telling. They're not about, well, you have to check this box because in, you know, volume three of issue 497 of, you know, year 1975, right. Jim did this. It doesn't matter. It just matter. sounds like prison if you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. And it's not creative liber liberating. Yeah. yeah. So after you, you do all your reading and you mm -hmm. do all your research and then you get that note. Right. What's the first thing you discard from what you've read as you're giving, as you're giving Gordon your spin? What's the first thing? Because sometimes you have to learn everything he's, and okay. then you have to unlearn sure. stuff. Sure. Right? The first thing you have to discard in his case is he's not the commissioner. He's a rookie detective. He has no idea that at some point later he will become the commissioner. There is no Batman. There is a young boy by the name of Bruce Wayne who is 13 years old who he meets after this young man has lost his parents, has seen his parents killed in front of him. And, and Jim, having lost his father at a similar age, simply bonds emotionally with this boy and simply says, I know what you're going through. I know what your pain is. There will be light. I will find who did this. And that's, that's the journey that he goes on. In terms of where he's coming from, the thing I, I clung to 
because again, the pilot scripts, pilots are so difficult to make. There's so little exposition that's put into them. Well, there's so much exposition, but there's so little time. Yeah. Um, is that he's a, a military guy. So that's what's new in our version in terms of his backstory. In previous backstories, Jim was maybe a disgraced Chicago cop. He there were a couple of different versions, but in this version, he has come, he's seen battle, he's seen war, he's lost comrades, he's fought, you know, evil, and now he's fighting it at home. So what does that do to a person? How how does he see the world? And how does he conduct himself? He's very, very um, specific in his dress, in his manner. He is a throwback. Even in Gotham, which is a time before our time, he is a throwback even then. Yeah. You know, the new way of things, of, the, of people doing things. You'll notice in Gotham, the, the dress of people is really wild, right? I mean, there's punk rock influences and there's, you know, there's goth stuff and there's whatever you would call it, Oswald Cobblepot's, you know, kind of bizarro look. And it's wonderful. Jim wears crisp, clean suits. He has his hair immaculately groomed. He walks with a certain sort of rigidity. And that is because he sees all this newfangled stuff and he rejects it. Well, the, 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 the stiff back to me comes from the military part. That makes, I mean, when I, when I was watching it, I thought, you look, you walk like an ex-military guy. Good. The physicality is, so. is incredible. Right. It's really, really exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And the, all of this reinvention, I have to say, and, you know, and, and I come at this from a very different tact maybe than from a lot of people you <laughs> talk to, this is why I dig it. Because okay. it's not anchored to all this stuff. I don't feel like I need to do homework to watch your show. And we, the last thing. I just thing want to watch want, your show. Exactly. The last I just want to turn it on want, and have yeah. it be good. The last thing we want is people having to do that. You should just be able to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. It's good stuff. Thanks. Well, I, I wish you enormous luck. I can't wait to see what happens because um, I think it's a great show. And I'm obviously not alone because otherwise you'd be gone. <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't be here. <laughs> so, uh, Ben McKenzie, thank you for your time. I hope you'll come back as, uh, as things evolve. But uh, we want to remind everybody to check out Gotham Rise of the Villains Mondays on Fox. You're listening to The Jolt. 